Super Talk Mississippi media production. Have you been seriously injured? Mama Justice is here for you. Our medical team partners with top-notch doctors, surgeons, therapists, and urologists, ensuring a comprehensive recovery journey. If you've been injured, call Mama Justice today. We're here for you. This is Rebecca Turner, and thank you for listening to the Good Things Podcast here on Super Talk Mississippi. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. Well, I'm going to Mississippi. Mississippi, here I come. You're listening to Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Well, I'm going to Mississippi. Mississippi, here I come. Bringing you the good stories of Mississippi's people, places, and things to do. Now, now, here's Rebecca. Good afternoon, Super Talk Mississippi. You are tuned into your radio happy hour. That's the good things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. We've got Rhino in studio. Now, don't forget, you can listen to good things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from your Super Talk Mississippi app. You know you can always find us on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. And you can find us on your computer or your mobile device, too. Just head on over to supertalktv.com. Today, we get to hear a wonderful story about a Jackson County family. They're traveling to Florida soon for a life-changing surgery for their 10-year-old daughter, Avon. But she has helping others on the mind, which I think is a pretty good thing. We've got her mother joining us, Sarah, to tell us a little bit more. Hey, Sarah. Hey there. How are you? I am doing well. I am doing well. I know your family is gearing up for a big trip to Florida. When does this actually happen? We are. Uh, We'll be headed out um, around uh, Memorial Day, and then the surgery is going to happen on May 31st in Orlando. All right, and so this is a big time coming. Give us a little bit of background about Avon's story. Sure. So she was diagnosed with um, a case of early onset scoliosis at age four. That accounts for a really small percentage of scoliosis um, cases overall. Uh, and typically onsets around like age 10 to 12, around early adolescence, but Avens came on really early. So uh, we did some, some different treatment that we're very thankful for, actually with our surgeon in Orlando that uh, bought us a little bit of time. So uh, surgery is now upon us, and, um, and we're headed uh, that way soon. And she's so her daily routine, or I guess nightly routine, if they're looking over at supertalktv.com, they'll see Avon with, I guess, her braces. Does she sleep in those every night, Mom? Does she have to wear those all the time? Um, how is that sort of part of her every day? Right. So uh, she does wear a brace for 10 hours a night, uh, which she is not crazy about, to be honest. That's her... Um, the thing that she's looking forward to the most about this surgery is to not have to wear that brace nightly. It's pretty uncomfortable, um, but she's required to do that. The brace does not cure scoliosis, but it does kind of delay uh, the progress of it. Um, at least that's been that has been our our, our case. So all this time, you know, she's going through her own sort of life, uh, I guess, uh, roadblocks or I would say struggles in terms of living like a normal life. But she's doing that. She plays ball. She gets out there. She keeps up. What keeps Avon's spirit high, even though maybe she's got some things stacked against her? That's right. That's exactly right. She actually, as a toddler, uh, well, late toddler, starting at age four, we went through uh, metacasting, which is a, a technique where they put um, a child in a torso cast, kind of like from their hip up to underneath their arms. And to, um, to be honest, she has been a trooper the entire time. Uh, she was able to take ballet, play softball, do all of that sort of thing, even tumbling all through the metacast, which we 
uh, we're very grateful for that. That was able to kind of keep her back strong, we feel like, and, and maintain our flex- flexibility. So uh, the brace uh, doesn't really slow her down. She's uh, she's in great spirits, and she's um, she really has been a trooper the entire time. And thinking about others, she's got that on her mind, even though she's supposed to go for a life-changing surgery and so many things going on. I know you all will be staying at the Ronald McDonald House when you all have your operation. Give us uh, Tell us what's happening, though, with that and how she's connecting with others. Right. So whenever we first were told about the Ronald McDonald House and the possibility of staying there, we were made aware that they don't take payment from families, which is a phenomenal thing um, based on what all they offer to families who are going through things like like we are. Um, But they do accept aluminum tabs um, as a donation. So they take the tabs in, however many families can donate, and then they recycle them, and then they primarily use that the, the Ron McDonald House that we're, we'll be um, staying at, they take those and use them for their electricity bill. And then any, you know, excess funds that they have, they use for housing and other services and meals and things like that that they offer families. So when we heard that, I even thought it was a great idea to ask the community for that. Um, her dad and I reached out on Facebook and just let people know what was going on, and we've had an incredible outpouring just I mean, it's been mind-blowing how many people have reached out to donate tabs for us. Well, I mean, this is a little bit better than I would say collecting cans, Mom, because I'd have felt for you there. That It's a little more uh, time-consuming as well as taking up uh, space. But the tabs, I mean, you think, wow, like so many of us, we either we're getting them at the ball field now or using, you know, cans at home of all kinds and how easy it is to pop it off and throw it in a bucket or throw it in a bag and then be able to utilize that for something good. I doubt, or maybe you have. Have you have you counted your your tabs yet? Because you've got a huge picture of some y'all have already collected. Right, we don't have a count yet. Um, but I will tell you this: a local business has actually donated um, the equivalent of a dump truck full of tabs. And so, along with the countless other families that have reached out and, and given them to us, and they're coming in daily. Honestly, we have we've um, we're sending. Uh, tabs that are coming in from out of town, we're directing people to a P.O. box for those. Those are coming in all the time. Um, and then just people, just random classmates, schools, churches, all different organizations um, are donating. We don't have a count, but we do We do uh, plan to have a final count when it's all said and done. Well, not a count, maybe poundage. That's probably right, yeah. a, a better, right, way, that's to, right. <laughs> a better yeah. way to do it. Hey, give that uh, local business a shout-out if you don't think they would mind. I think it's great to know that, that a Mississippi company is connecting to what you guys need or for the Ronald McDonald House that way. They deserve sure, the love. Yes. Yeah, they wouldn't mind at all. So that's ABC Recycling in Moss Point, Mississippi. Um, and they actually saw our story on WXXV and a uh, local local TV station in our area. And the owner reached out and they said, hey, we've been collecting these for years. People just bring them by. I don't know what to do with them. Um, just really people just bring just small Ziploc bags full, you know, that don't really mean much uh, to the person donating. But collectively, they mean a ton to us. And so that, that donation was – it was – um, mind-blowing, to say the least. Well, I, I did a little homework and saw where Ronald McDonald, they take these tabs to local recycling center, and every year more than $10,000 is raised just through this program, which you had mentioned. Uh, Sarah goes to pay light bills or whatever it may be. I don't know what the largest tab donation may have ever been, but I'm going to say you guys may make it up there to at least probably top 10%, I would think. I would think so. We've been in, in contact with Ronald McDonald House at Nemours Hospital where we'll be staying, and they are, 
they're floored at, at their response as well. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that we'll, we'll be up there for sure as, as far as how many tabs are going to be coming in. Well, I think it's because Mississippians just like to help. All you got to do is tell us what you need, and if we've got it, especially like something like a tab, you just don't throw it away, then we want to help. And I know there's probably many listening to good things in your area or wouldn't mind sending them through the P.O. Box. Um, is there somewhere locally they can drop them off? And if you want to share the P.O. Box, you can, and we'll make sure we put that in the Good Things Facebook group as well. But if we want to donate, how do we do that? Sure, we love we love to share that. So uh, you can send them to P.O. Box 711, Hurley, Mississippi, 39555. You can just um, just put that the uh, attention to the Williams family. And then also locally, uh, here in, in South George County, you can drop off at Agricola Hardware. They're accepting tabs. And then also in Jackson County at the Jackson County Baptist Association. We also have extended family in the Brookhaven area. Uh, those uh, tabs can be dropped off there at the Lincoln County Baptist Association there. That's why you're get, you've are you got them all over the state, uh, drop-off locations. Everywhere. Everywhere. I want to continue to follow this story, though, Sarah, because I'd love to know what the total is that you end up, because I feel like still with all of our summer barbecues coming up, our crawfish boils that are going on, just, you know, all the different things, it's so easy just to get a tab bucket and then start to take them off and flick them in. And then, you know, you're, it's going to such a good cause um, as well, because we have a Ronald McDonald house here in Mississippi. I know of one here centrally. I don't know if we have multiple right. ones um, yeah. that are doing the same things for, for families in need. So you, right. you mentioned Memorial Day. How long will the surgery take for Sarah? Uh, the surgery is it's going to be about six hours, and then um, she will be in the in the hospital for two to three days, and then um, of course her recovery after that. We're told by our surgeon and then other families who have gone through the same thing that um, you know, barring any any sort of setbacks, which we don't anticipate, that she'll be she'll be back to a fairly normal way of life very soon. All righty. Well, that's really cool. And Avon's the ones getting the surgery, Sarah, although you probably feel like you are getting it yourself. I feel it. I do. I do. You're right. <laughs> well, I appreciate your time. If Is there a Facebook page or somewhere if someone wants to reach out and connect uh, to you about getting you tabs or anything? Can right. you send them somewhere? I, um well, we have an event set up. It's a public event um, that can be can be found on Facebook. It's called Together We Can, and it, uh, it's Together We Can, and then Aluminum Tab Drop for Avon. And so you can find that on Facebook. It's a public event. I can also be reached on Facebook, Sarah Pigford Williams. I don't mind anyone reaching out to me um, through that avenue. So we can be found um, either of those two ways. And I'll make sure I find that event and that I or Rhino, we share that in our Good Things Facebook group so folks have easy access to it um, as, where there, as well, too, Sarah. Hey, you keep in touch, though. I want to know about the total, and we want to hear how Avon um, goes with her surgery. We sure will. And, in fact, we've actually figured out how many tabs are in one pound um, of, of tab of tab weight. And so we're going to, at the end, I really hope that we will be able to give an exact overall count. It's going to be in the, the hundreds of thousands, if not millions, no doubt. That's awesome. That is such an awesome. Thank you for sharing your story. We look forward to keeping up with you. And you guys stick with us. we got more for you coming up next. Making your afternoon just a little brighter. It's Good Things with Rebecca Turner. 
on Super Talk Mississippi. Good things. Don't forget you can watch us. We are on computer, your mobile device. You can watch it on Roku, Amazon Fire TV devices. You can also find us on YouTube. You can now watch Super Talk TV 2 live on C Spire TV. And if you got that, we are on Channel 70 right next to the Weather Channel, which is making many of us happier as the week goes on. But hang on. Never know what the weekend is going to look like here in Mississippi. But there's still plenty of time for you to get out and register for country music superstar Morgan Wallen. He is coming to Oxford. You can register for his concert. Not for him. I don't think he's part of the actual package. But you're going to get two sweet seat tickets there at Vault Hemingway Stadium. It's coming up April the 23rd. And you can go to local places like Celebration Nutrition in Columbus. You've got Scruggs Lawn and Garden in Tupelo. you got Weathers Auto Supply in Oxford. And there really are uh, many other places you can stop and register. So you can go to supertalk.fm slash Morgan Wallen. You can find the full registration uh, locations there. And remember, two a winner will get two sweet seat tickets to see Morgan Wallen and Hardy, Mississippi boy, at the Vault Hemingway Stadium coming up Sunday, April the 23rd. And it is brought to you by First South Farm Credit, King's Daughter Medical Center, Jumpstart Test Prep, and Toyota of Brookhaven. Here is a fun headline, Rhino, that I feel like could happen in Mississippi with all of our wonderful artists. And we always talk about how in our Mississippi towns, they all get really unique on the ways they display like public art. We've gone through it, the guitars, the swans, the all the different sort of things throughout the state. So this is actually in Australia, but there are mysterious minion sculptures appearing in in small town. So it started, think of it like like gnomes, but they're minions made out of metal and sort of other materials and they obviously they're painted yellow and they look like a minion. And they they have been popping up all around this town since before Christmas and their origin still remains a mystery. Okay, so two things about this are super cool. Number one, that they haven't been caught and shot yet because that might what happen here in Mississippi, right, for trespassing. <laughs> but number two, they haven't been figured out yet. Be with all the ring doorbells and the cameras and all the things who the mystery minion dropper is. So there's a population. So this small town has a population of about 70 people, and its first minion started to appear just before Christmas, and they have appeared in various properties to reach a total of 24. So math is hard, but that is reaching up to, what, almost a third of, okay, not quite a third, but almost, more, more no, than a fourth? No, it's a little more than a third. third. Yeah, okay. 24 into 70 is a little more no, than a third. I was thinking 90, 30, yeah. Okay, so more than a third, see, math is hard, um, of the population has been minioned in this little town. And they come out and they find them. They're simple works of art dedicated to the little yellow creatures, you know, from Despicable Me. And they just leave them there. And, I mean, they're not doing anything. But now it's become... I mean, there's been things that have happened. I think here you've been toilet bowled or toileted or something's happening, like where a toilet bowl or a toilet shows up in your front yard full of flowers or decorated and you're supposed to, like, pass it on. And that's kind of called steam. If you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. Very outside-the-box way of rolling a house. Usually you go get the toilet paper 
Yes. And put it in the tree. Oh, I hadn't even thought about it being sort of like a backwards way. But it's become a thing, and it's catching on on social media. I hope nobody does my house, number one, you. But number two, I mean, you have to – you're supposed to pass it on, right? And – but this isn't like you're getting you're getting minioned. You're you're waking up and you're going on the hunt to see if a little minion came to visit you and living in your in your um, flower beds or in your front yard. It would be a little you'd have it would be you'd be taking your own life into your into risk if you were doing that here in Mississippi. Like I said, you know, look outside and there's somebody putting something in your back flower bed. You might not exactly appreciate that. But I think maybe down by the mailbox or. In the in the city, like wake up and like your local city had a minion or a little whatever. Feels like it's a supersized version of what they do in some communities where you have the painted rocks. Yeah. It's like a year round Easter egg hunt, but instead of looking for Easter eggs, you're looking for painted rocks. I think that's cool. I think that's a neat idea. You're looking for minions. In this little town, you're looking for for minions. With a population of 70, though, like there there are some Sunday school classes that are almost 70 members large. And I'm trying to think. Surely, out of out of only seventy people in a town, they have to have. I feel their like it's suspicions. somebody's kid, right? Who like left and then came back, and you can start narrowing down seventy people by who's just artistic or not. I mean, we can, you know, you know, every everybody knows everybody at that point. You know who it is or who it isn't based on their skills and abilities, and you know, you start weeding folks out and figuring it out. You think, um, you know. There's good detectives out there until you meet a southern woman who knows everybody in the church bulletin and can whittle it down to per- pretty much a small few that it could possibly be. They did say that one installation was captured on cameras, but the culprit was disguised as Santa Claus. And then the other was un- <laughs> unclear in the footage. You know, it would have been better. Who's the who's the guy in the movie with with the nose and the scarf in the Minya movie? The guy who who's oh, the, it was like, who's the minion leader? That's who he should have been dressed like versus versus Santa Claus. <laughs> Would you have thought? You know, I'm just thinking crazy things. Like uh, now, I'm picturing remember in Little Rascals where they they sat on each other's shoulders in the trench coat and acted like a grown up. Mm-hmm. Now I'm just picturing two two or three kids stacked on top of each other in a trench coat, putting minions out, acting like a grown-up. I think it's great. Have you ever had something appear that you swear you swear on a Bible you, you don't know how it, how it appeared in your house? So we had a gallon of milk appear. We had, <laughs> well, we can't figure out, it. we don't know the entire, we can't confirm nor deny that it wasn't bought by one of us, but we can't, anyway, our neighbor, because we're living in a larger neighborhood, came over and borrowed a glass of milk or a thing of milk right like that's what neighbors do gave her milk and then she's like we're gonna buy you more milk no you're not not for a glass of milk that's what a good neighbor says back like you're not getting me a gallon of milk for your whatever gallon fast forward a couple of days maybe a week or so later we both come home and there's two gallons of milk in the refrigerator and neither one of us remember buying the other one so there's, <laughs> we could only account for one gallon of milk. And so to this day, we I don't have, I do not have the it's guts. It's the friendliest breaking in ever. <laughs> <To ask. laughs> yeah, well, it is a rental house. She might know the, I mean, she might have a way, I don't know. But it is to, when we go to vacate the premises, I may get up the courage to ask um, but Chance, did you ever gift us a, a gallon? We drank it. 
I mean, before it went bad, but to this day, that is like it just appeared. We're really not sure, hundred percent sure how it got there. Well, I mean, it, it's the best of both worlds. She got to be neighborly and and re- well, now you're a repay s- the favor, and she got to <laughs> scratch that nefarious itch and commit her own B and E. We're not confirming nor denying. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to think maybe. That the garage was up, but it was more of like swoop it in, swoop it out, not like when nobody was home. I don't know. And it just, none of it makes sense is all I'm going to say. And so we haven't quite figured out how we got the gallon of milk. I've never had anything like that happen. I have because I have communal laundry now instead of having it in my apartment. And I've I've gotten back to the apartment and looked in the hamper and gone, that's not my sock. I don't remember oh, that's that strange. sock being in the dryer either. Do you, how do you get it back to its original owner? I take it back to the laundry room and sit it on the little folding table there like, and just leave it there. This is yours. You might be missing it. I think it would be fun to wake up and have a, like have something fun like that just appear on your doorstep. Everyone loves a happy. You know, everyone enjoys it's much better than your house getting rolled or toileted or whatever. Obviously, I don't think you can do eggs anymore. That's like a real big no-no. Now. Can't afford them. <laughs> oh my gosh, they really hate you if they paid that much in eggs to. <laughs> that's an investment in hatred. That's an investment in hatred, which is never ever was about well, for the <laughs> majority of it, it's not about that. It was just about having nefarious. That fun. always that was that was the next level. That was the the step too far. You you can roll a house and it's all laughs. Toilet paper, yes. Egging is that that can one. cause serious damage. So we don't do that. We don't go to that sort of extremes. But I feel like you know, as we're coming up on the end of another school year, there are family senior families everywhere who is just hunkering down for it. Like it's coming. It's coming at the end of the year. It usually comes in droves around the communities it usually happens to a teacher you know all in good fun all in part of it can be picked up washed cleaned up nothing um shouldn't be it should not be a act of personal vandalism it should be a lot of fun but minions would be so much cuter just the little minions all the way around here's the thing roll the house then put the minions in the yard and And then blame the minions see that came full circle. All right, stick with us. We got a great story for you coming up next. Rebecca Turner. She looks healthy and sane. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. Everyone knows all about my direction. And in my heart somewhere, I don't 
Don't forget you can watch good things. We are on computer, your mobile device. Just head on over to supertalktv.com. You may have seen where Governor Reeves named March 21st as Down Syndrome Awareness Day here in Mississippi. The world knows it, though, as World Down Syndrome Day here on March 21st, and it gives people with Down Syndrome and their families a voice and an opportunity to be heard. And so today we get to hear from the Campbell family. Joining us is Helen Ann and Bill to share their story. They have along with them Jackson. Hey, Jackson. Hey. And they have Olivia. Hey, Olivia. She says, no, I'm not going to do that. But mom, <laughs> Helen Ann, <laughs> welcome. Uh, thank you guys for joining us today. Yes, thank you for having us. So I know today is very meaningful for your family. So share with us a little bit about Henry. Um, in October of 2020, uh, we found out that we were pregnant. Well, we had found out we were pregnant earlier, but on October of 2020, which was Down Syndrome Awareness Month, we found out that Henry had Down Syndrome. Um, he was born January 22nd, um, 2021. Um we traveled to Texas uh, three different times for inner utero um, surgeries. Um, he had a complex uh, diagnosis, and so we went there to have surgeries. And um, he was born early on the 22nd with Down syndrome. And on February 6th, he gained his angel wings, is what we say, and he went to heaven. Um, but ever since then, we've just wanted to um, bring awareness to people with Down syndrome and people with um, just anything besides Down syndrome. We just want people to um, know that everyone is the same no matter what they have um, and just want to... Um, just share that with the community. And I think, too, it's it's important to share that every story is different with Down syndrome, right? Every family's touched by it differently. But the one thing that ends up being the same is you get a part of a really great community yes. that's here specifically in Mississippi. And so even those angels that are here for just the shortest time, man, they can change your family and your community for the better. So, for, uh, you know, as the Campbell family, I mean, how would you say even knowing of the diagnosis and still, you know, having Henry be, be part of your family for a shorter time, how has it all sort of changed your family for the better? Um, I think that it has given us the opportunity to talk to our kids. Um, Jackson is seven and Olivia is almost five. It's given us the opportunity to tell them things that we probably wouldn't have ever been able to tell them um, this young in age. Um, we talk about heaven a lot. We talk about people who have um, different illnesses or different um who have down syndrome jackson is all the time looking at pictures on my facebook and he'll be like does that child have down syndrome and i'll say yes he's just like your brother henry and so it just gives us an opportunity to be able to tell him things that maybe we wouldn't have crossed until maybe adulthood or anything um just because we don't personally know anyone with down syndrome before we had henry and now we just have a community of people that we love and um, love being a part of um it's also gotten me out of my comfort zone, like this is out of my comfort zone for sure. Um, I joined the Central Mississippi Down Syndrome Board um, soon after Henry passed away. Abby Phillips um, asked if I wanted to be a member of the board, and so I've been on that. This is my going into my second year of that, um, and so I've gotten to know lots of families um, who have children with Down syndrome, some who don't have children with Down syndrome, but who just want to be a part of the community like us and to help and to bring awareness. Um, so that's been a good opportunity. Also, I work at Children's of Mississippi, and so um, ever since Henry was born and ever since he died, I have seen so many more families with children with Down syndrome, and so it's gotten me a chance to be able to be there for them in the same time period like I was when um, we found out, and so that's been good to be able to be of support to them. Not that our story is the same as theirs, because their child is still living, and um, 
our situation is different, but it's given us the opportunity to be able to just talk to them and to walk alongside them, give them advice um, on medical stuff, give them advice on insurance, just different stuff like that. So it's just given us a chance to do things that we probably wouldn't have ever done. You wouldn't have been able to do that without Henry. And so yes. everybody serves a purpose. And I know uh, on today and, and a lot of times when it comes to advocating for Down syndrome, they'll use the hashtag lucky few, yes. right? Yes. And if you've ever gotten the chance to meet with someone who's living with Down syndrome or a family who has uh, a child that or grows into an adult, you recognize, man, maybe they really are the lucky few mm-hmm. because they to see the world through their eyes is just sort of a gift. And so being that that you you were you and Bill were um, parents who maybe didn't know much prior to your diagnosis. What were some of the misconceptions that you thought about people living with um, Down syndrome that now you're like, man, I wish I could squash those for everybody? Um, one thing in particular that stands out is that it's Down syndrome. It's not a child with Downs. Um, it doesn't. Um, identify them like just because they have down syndrome doesn't mean that they can't be successful and they can't work um they can't go to school they can't run races um i know that recently the guy who ran the so the, triathlon. the triathlon came and spoke at the little lighthouse um banquet and so i mean it just made us realize that even if our child did have a diagnosis he still could be successful just like jackson who doesn't have down syndrome or just like olivia who doesn't have down syndrome um and that just to not qualify the child as downs or qualify the child as having down syndrome just because they had that doesn't necessarily mean they can't be successful in whatever they might want to be successful in and sometimes they're better at it than we are exactly <laughs> sometimes they definitely are better i haven't ever run a triathlon so for sure well and there we have um many here in mississippi who are now small business owners or mm-hmm. they're you know paving the way for whatever it is that they that they want to do and like with any illness there's a spectrum in terms of where someone may fall on it. And, you know, it's the education and the awareness piece. And then I love, too, with all of the work from Department of Rehab and others that are really working to get employers on board for providing mm-hmm. opportunities for those yeah. to have employment that can or or will. And so really, and you know, and, and being here with good things over the last almost six years now, we've had the wonderful opportunity of being able to share so many of those good stories, but it feels like there's more and more and more of those. So it feels like the advocating and the, and the getting out there. Does it feel like that way for your family yeah. and and more that there's there is this light that's coming out with those living with down syndrome yeah i mean it it's definitely become more well known than i would say when i was growing up i grew up here in mississippi i grew up in jackson and i um, pretty much only knew about mustard seed um which is where people with disabilities or down syndrome can live um, when they become adults and they um, sell their pottery and they work from there. But that was pretty much the only place here in Mississippi that I kind of knew about. And now there's so many other different opportunities for them um, that are coming about. And even outside of Mississippi, I was recently reading a post about a mom who had just gone to Disney World with their child from Mississippi and she saw a person working at Disney World who had Down syndrome. So, I mean, it's just... It, there is no limit. I mean, they can go to college. There is areas at uh, Mississippi State that um, children with Down syndrome can come to. I think Mississippi College is possibly working on something similar. Um, I have a coworker who has a son with Down syndrome, and she's working to get something for Mississippi College. And so I know I think there's a college in Alabama, UAB maybe. I can't remember. But just so many different opportunities for children. Um that I think has come about just in the recent years and I think has come from parents and families that 
either have a child with Down syndrome or ha- or have some connection with somebody with Down syndrome and they want to advocate for it. If someone's listening, Helen Ann, and they want more information or they want to know about some of the resources or all the good organizations that maybe you mentioned, um, is there where do you funnel people or where or maybe they're on the cusp or just heard, heard their own sort of diagnosis? I feel like if you have and your family or your doctors hasn't told you about all the great resources we have in Mississippi, you need to know about them yes. because there's a wonderful community waiting for you. Um, but where would you send folks? Um, the place that I'm connected with would be Central Mississippi Down Syndrome Society. Um, Jenny Babel is the executive director of Central Mississippi Down Syndrome Society, um, and that is what I'm on the board of. But we have the Buddy Center that's right here in Ridgeland. It's new. Um, we've been open for about a year. And you can get connected through the, our Facebook account. You could call. Um, there is always going to be a mom or a person there that can talk to you if you are a new parent that has just found out that your child has Down syndrome. Um, and it is. we understand that you might not want to talk right away. So whenever you're ready to talk, we are there to talk to you. We are there to help you, there to give you information, packets, all the kinds of stuff that you need. I know that when we found out we were pregnant with Henry and that he had Down syndrome, um, people were calling us. We weren't maybe necessarily ready to talk, but they were there if we wanted to talk to them. And they've since become our friends and family, and um, we're so blessed that we are connected with them. I think it's one of those I've got many friends and family and now loved ones through their children who are living life uh, to their fullest with Down syndrome. And I'll say maybe in the beginning, like anything, it's a little scary because it's the unknown, right, particularly. But now, like uh, Lily, who's who's 10 years old, of of good friends, Brent Lape, and other friends are like, man, if we only knew then but yes. we, there was nothing you know there may be some ups and downs but what a joy and, and a bright light yes. that those individuals um, can bring for everyone Jackson do you enjoy celebrating this day yes yes you, you're wearing a great shirt what does your shirt say Henry your sh- great oh your shirt says Henry so the back of the shirt says Henry um, the front of the shirt says hero warrior so Henry means hero and um, Lewis which is his middle name means renowned warrior so um, we kind of adopted that even before he was born we adopted our hero warrior as um, just what he would fight for and so Bill designed these shirts for us and so we wear them anytime we're advocating for Down syndrome now so that we can remember him Jackson you gonna keep advocating for Henry Yes. I think so. I think it's what your family's doing. You do great outside your comfort zone, Helen. <laughs> Bill, she's one, she did fine. She didn't pass out or anything. So. <laughs> I was for a little bit. But. No, but I think this is a great conversation to continue to have. Thank you guys so much yes. for joining us. Thank you, Jackson. And Thank you, you guys, for having us. Absolutely. You guys stick with us. we got a little bit more for you coming up next. Rebecca Turner. She's smart and pretty. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. We call them cool. Those hearts that have no scars to show. The ones that never do let go. And risk the table's as I'm enjoying this, who have to dance I'm also wondering, is this like a dig at my greatest life regret? 
that I missed the chance to hear something like this live in the LSU Stadium. Are you never going to let me allow to live that down? Because this is like a live sort of trans, um, you know, rendition of this song, right? Oh, yeah, this is from the Double Live album. Yeah. And if you don't know that story, I was this close to saying yes to a pair of tickets for the Garth Brooks, I guess, his final tour. And it was so close there at uh, the LSU Stadium. I don't even know what the stadium's called. And um, <laughs> they call Death it. Valley. Yeah, that one. <laughs> And I, I just reasoned my way on why it wasn't a good idea until I woke up the next morning and I saw where you missed out on like the best thing ever. And so every time I hear a Garth Brooks song now, I'm like, could have seen that in person and didn't. And so I loved it, though. Play it again. I'll just relive my regrets over and over and over well, and over What I was going to say is it, it now gives you an excuse or an opportunity to mm-hmm. make a trip out to Las Vegas. Sure. Because... Garth is going to be in residency in Vegas. That is. In like a month and a half. I saw too, now that you said Vegas, uh, thrumming through emails where I think Vegas is one of Mississippians' top something, something others that they like to travel or visit. I was like, who's doing these? Who's doing these surveys? I mean, it may be true. I don't know, but it just felt a little. I don't know, not I'm say wrong, just random. Like well, if Scrooge McDuck is listening and he wants to part with some of those gold doubloons, he he can send me the, there's a Formula One race in mm-hmm. Vegas this year. Just we'll do a whole weekend of it. I just can't afford it, so you gotta you gotta front the money. Speaking of concerts, do you prefer in the Vegas residency, which I know that's become popular for a lot of big names for the simple fact that you come to them and they don't have to travel around. And so you do have to reach a level of stardom to even be offered one because they oh, want yeah. that many. Who's going to say, you know, I, you know, I'm probably not going to go to Vegas to see Garth considering I wouldn't drive to Baton Rouge to see him. I've raised my way out of that trip. Probably not going to make a trip just to Vegas uh, to see it. However, if I find myself in Vegas during that time, I might get the tickets, but I prefer an outdoor arena or outdoor setting. I'm I'm not against indoor concerts, but there's they hit different when they're outside. I feel like maybe it's my eardrums appreciate it better. I was about to say there's a lot to do with the sound. I've been to some indoor concerts where. Bless their heart, the sound engineer just couldn't get a handle on the acoustics, and it sounded like a wall of hot garbage. Mm-hmm. But I've been to indoor concerts where they really knew what they were doing. They had it tweaked for the venue, and it sounded like you were sitting there in a recording studio with them. The same can be said for outdoors concerts, too. You have some venues where the acoustics are great, the sound engineers know what they're doing, and you get this cacophony of wonderful noise. And then you have those outdoor concerts where they either didn't have the oomph in the, the the stack or the engineer just couldn't quite get the mix right and you, you can't understand a word they're saying. I remember going to, I don't even remember what the event was called, but it would have been my senior year of high school. It would have been that summer or around that May. So it had been 2002. And it was there uh, on the Gulf Coast in the wherever the not the or the coliseum where they host all the things it was like stains don't tipple pilots corn it was big you know my, my mother was so pleased at the lineup right and uh <laughs> she probably didn't know who they were um but corn was playing and i remember walking in and like turn around and walk for for various reasons i turned around and walked out mainly for my safety but but i remember seeing these young 
kids with longer hair than I'll ever have standing like next to the big, you know, this is 20 years ago, the big, um, what do you the call it? Speakers, arrays, yeah. And just banging their head. And, I'm, and I was 18 and knew that's a poor life choice. Like you are going to regret that on so many levels. And if you're on something that makes that seem like it's a good idea, you're going to regret that too. Like you're going to walk out of here not hearing as well as you as you walked in, but and that's a whole another avenue of of concert listening and seeing. But it's I, I it's one of those like you didn't even get far enough in to find the mosh pit. Was it? You know, my mom raised me somewhat right, right? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not so much that I. You know, I made it down there, but I also made it home. I kind of knew when when it was appropriate for me to be in places and sort of not. But it, it was a, it was a um, cultural experience. Let's just put it that way. And uh, that's one of those I listened. We enjoyed it from the from afar from that way. But I'll never forget watching it boom and their heads shake and me think you're really close. Now it's me and my kids. Don't turn it up so loud. It's bad for your hearing. <laughs> Y'all tell Neely that story. She's like, "You went to a corn concert, Mom." <laughs> Technically, I didn't go. <laughs> I bought the ticket, but I didn't actually go. All right, stick with us. You get more up next. You got the boys with sports talk, Mississippi, from three to six, and Rhino and I'll meet you back here tomorrow at two. But until then, I hope you all find time for the good things. Mississippi Media Production.